We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. maniacal music musings you all know i'm your host jeremy and i'm an american not a proud one just saying but once upon a time i met the cousin of death she gave me an ultimatum be drenched in blood and bang bang or this gun in your mouth you know which way i went i got a suplex and ripped to shreds but that brueja left the stain that still sits in my bed to this day my co-host let me tell you about this guy, about his bloody Sunday. Oof, what a day. He was visiting his favorite suicide girl, dancing on a pole, trying to go half on a sack. When I pull up at the hard, at the club, the hard hitters are getting to bust him in. I had to act before he started to spaz out. Now, this ain't no soldier story, but it'll get you by. There were body parts everywhere, and he kept yelling, Don't violate! That's coke, boys! All I can say in reply to him was, Pussy got you hooked, man, and fuck Tony Martina for that coke shit. Can't see motherfucking grave. Hi. I am especially proud of that intro, ladies and gentlemen. I truly am. That one was written, and I was sitting there smiling and laughing the whole time writing it and thinking about what Chancey's face looked like when I watch that replay. That was so good idea to say right after, just saying. But... We are back once again, folks, and we are joined by a guest, of course, as always, to help us talk about some good music, and holy fuck, good music is right this week, but we'll get to that. Our guest this week is Gary D, rapper, executive producer, and so much more that we're going to get into him in a few seconds, but what's going on, Gary? How's it going, brother? I guess it. That was a good intro, and I could tell that we have a lot of the same songs picked already. Like, uh... There's a little caveat there for my album, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, that was that was good. Uh, it, it that's that's hard to do with all the songs like that. I think, I think I would fucking oh. stare at that for hours and like tear it apart and then start over like six times. So that's good. <laughs> oh, it was definitely a challenge today. And just so our audience knows, what kind of person we are dealing with. Gary used to literally open for Bone Thugs and Harmony. Which... That was a different life a long time ago, but yeah, it was uh, the mid '90s. Was, uh, yeah, and the last time was 2003, I think. I was gonna say it had to be around the early 2000s because that's like that's when like I really remember them getting huge. But yeah. personally, I mean, they yeah, they were they had their moment in the '90s too, but then they kind of faded until they came back with that one album like a one or two that 
me and my brother me and my brother used to bump that one constantly. Guess who's back was the opening track. I'll always remember that because that was the most amazing song ever. But yeah, it was uh, it was kind of random. They uh, came to UNLV in Las Vegas where I was living at the time, and we just happened to be paired up on the same card. And you know, I grew up in Cleveland, and I started at like I did a show with them at like Severance Town Center, which is one of the thirty abandoned malls there now, in '95 probably. Um, I was. 16 or 15 probably at the time and they were just starting to really get big and I mean, they were the biggest thing that came out of cleveland probably ever at that point still i'd say you know especially in that in the world of music i was gonna say i'm like drew carey might disagree with you there but yeah he's a dick i don't like him <laughs> i honestly believe that and the scary thing was he was on a bracket a couple weeks ago for nicest people in hollywood I met him one time and he was not cool to me at all. So that's what I based my, uh, I just moved to LA. I saw him at this place called the Grove, which is like an outdoor mall. He was having a beer. Seemed like a social environment. I said, Hey, you know what's up, man? My name is Gary. I'm from Cleveland. He goes, a lot of people are from Cleveland and didn't shake my hand. And I was like, okay, did I just get punked by Drew Carey? I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> and that was, that was the whole, uh, introduction to him. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that would definitely sour my spirits on him in the future. <laughs> he might have had a bad day or been trying to hit on the girl and I was fucking his game up or something. So I don't Maybe. hate him, hate him. But I mean, okay, was this fat Drew Carey or after surgery Drew Carey? Uh, this, he was still pretty chunky for sure. All this right, was and that was a while ago. No, that's Drew Carey back in the day, though. That's like, yeah. hmm, that's, that's 90, 2000s Drew Carey I grew, I grew up with. But yeah, that was well, early 2000s, probably. All right. Right in whose right in whose lines is anyway fame, but yeah. So there was one other thing I saw in your profile that I have to ask about because I am a connoisseur of certain videos on the internet, and I saw that it says that you did a porno with Mark Cuban and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did. Yeah, kind of definitely happened. <laughs> Chancey um, so Chancey so muted as Mike could be like, "Holy fuck, babe! Guess what?" Nah. So that was a very weird situation. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, uh, fucking Dennis Rodman. Yeah. So it was. I just moved to LA or moved back to LA. I think it was 2007. Um, and the producer I'd worked for a few times said, "Hey, I'm doing a show with Dennis Rodman. Um, my wife's having a kid out in New York." Can you produce it? Take the lead on it. Just yeah, sure. So it was called Geek to Freak with Dennis Rodman, and it was on HDNet, which was the first high definition channel available in America. Uh, Mark Cuban owned it at the time. It's probably 2007, I think. Um, so this was the first original program that ever uh, aired in high definition in America. It was terrible. I mean, it was really, really terrible. Um, but each episode, he would take a geek and turn him into a freak. So there was like a classically trained violinist who turned into a punk rocker, like a figure skater that turned into like a roller derby chick, a uh, chess champion that turned into like a rapper. And then one was this scientist kid from I think UCLA or whatever, or really smart. Like I think he's Asian, uh, like Korean or something. Definitely Asian. I think Korean. And uh, they turned him into a porno director. And uh, I didn't think it was going to be like full on porn, but it was full on porn. And uh, it was really weird. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, 
And I just finally actually saw it for the first time in its entirety because I didn't even have HD net at the time. And we shoot the episodes, editors edit them, and it goes up, you know, months later. And I was just removed to LA. Just nobody had that. It was like only on Dish Network or something at the time, probably. So I, during COVID, I found the DVD for five bucks on Amazon. And I finally got to see the like episode cut together. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that is awesome. Totally different that totally different aspect, and I thought that story was gonna go into, but I mean I expect, yeah. I expect you to be to be like double double doing a chick with like that's Robin or some shit. But. No, Mark Cuban was my boss. I talked to him every day about it, which is really surreal now seeing like where he's at. And uh he was the executive producer, and then Rodman was a wild man. I mean, I have a bunch of stories from that show, but he was you know, he was directing the kid directing, and the kid got way too in there at one point, like jumped in face first, literally, and they pulled him out and they're like can't do that you haven't been tested or you don't you're not licensed like you get it shut down and like kick all excited it was, it was rough <laughs> uh, it was it was the first time my mother ever came to visit me in LA and I was on a conference call in the back of the office and she was sitting where like the secretary used to sit and this guy comes in and just hands her this box like this is for Gary she's like okay so my mom's nosy she's an Italian woman so she starts she opens up the box and it's like 80 porno DVDs that he had just given me as a gift and they were like real hardcore. And my mom worked at the church for 35 years back in Ohio. She's not like a super prudish person or anything, but she was like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Like, I thought you working with a basketball player and, you know, you're supposed to be working and, you know, all these, like, what the fuck you're doing porn? I'm like, well, kind of just for this week though, I swear. <laughs> like, just for this week. Yeah. A por- a I'm only a porno director for one week. It's just a yeah. job career thing. Yeah, it was, it uh, was, it was a uh, man. I can't even describe how like surreal some of those moments were, but <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus, yeah. that okay. That that story is pretty epic as I thought it would be. I gotta say, <laughs> I'll send you a couple pictures from the set with Dennis's reactions and shit. I, I just actually found a few of them, but uh, yeah, they did like the casting and the one girl that they picked had pink eye from another video that she had done a couple of days earlier and. They're like, oh shoot her from this side. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here, man? Like, I, I thought we would Hollywood <laughs> make movies and shit. Like, this is not what I planned for. Um, oh, yeah. Dennis that's was amazing. hard to deal with, for sure. I'm, I'm, I am sure, because there's got to be a reason that North Korea likes him so much. Yeah. Like, I can't figure out that relationship for, like, the last decade. I can't figure out that relationship at all. It just doesn't make sense in the it. world. He'd be cool if you're like hanging with him, but if you're trying to like get a show done and like control the chaos, like he does not make it easy on you. If you're a part of his posse, might be a fun time, but mm-hmm. trying to get him to do what he was getting paid to do, I'm like, man, do you, this is an easy job. Like, you obviously want the money, right? Just please help me just today. Just can we kind of stay on schedule. It was, it was one thing after another. Yeah. I mean, as, as a catchphrase, we use in the, our circle a lot. I can imagine him like trying to hurt cat and trying to get to do what you want him to do. It just ain't gonna happen. But yeah, like he had to do the intros for every show, and he just fucked him up so bad every time. And one was the rapper episode at this club in uh, LA. It's like two or three hundred people there, and like just destroys it. I'm like, man, it's like the intro to your show. Like you got to at least say the kid's name right. Like please, just like try it one more time. And he fucking nails it. I'm like, thank God. And he's like, see the guy in the hat right there. He's like, he's buying a Jaeger bomb for everyone in this fucking building right now. And just points at me and they just bum rush the bar. 
with like 200 people at the exact same time. I'm like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to put that in the fucking production check. That's for damn sure. But, oh, yeah, I called the, the boss and he's like, how much more do you have to shoot? I'm like, he's on his last song. He's like, get everything in the car. As soon as that kid's off the stage, go out the back door and don't go back. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And they, they called a thousand times. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. sure. They want, the, they want that, that much Jager bombs is fucking expensive. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's, in L.A. too, geez. they're probably 12 bucks each. Two at least. <laughs> at, 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 at least. I mean, they're 12 bucks out here now. I mean, at least. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Red Bull always made those shit so expensive. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, we are here to talk about music. And holy fuck, do we have a rap battle for you today. And we're going to start off, of course, with our guest CD because we're kind people. And Gary, what album did you bring for us? And why do you want to bring this one? Well, um, I'm not sure. Like, I've looked at, like, a ton of different albums. And uh, I I picked, like, I first wanted to pick, like, one artist, like, an album that was, like, the whole artist, you know. And then I was, like, compilations are kind of cheating. Um, and I ended up going with Army of the Pharaohs, Unholy Terror. What I write in a verse is like magic tricks Copperfield, grab your chick Copper fool, hop the clock For real, give you some copper pill Dynamite test Nah, I ain't stressing nothing With a smiley face stick on my detonator button Haters ask, is he bluffing? Or is he bugging? I don't know, but I don't fuck with weed But the seed stuffing What I blaze gets me oh so higher Burn more white widow smoke Than an old folks home on fire I make change to ching I can hang a playground from a charm You should see the way my chain swings You got the balls to this Won't have them afterwards Cause when I rap, contenders get The, uh, the Crown Jewel edition on I don't know why that they changed it From the original I think they probably had like some clearance issues But some of the songs are a little different um, on there so uh, but I picked Army of the Pharaohs which is like the Jedi mind tricks posse um, and I think that's like a good representation of like the aggression and like aggressive music that I mostly like these days it's kind of like my therapy music I would say um, mm -hmm. keeps me from like actually beating people up and stuff like that like listen to something like that's semi-aggressive like get it all out and it's Good production, uh, really good lyrically. There's some politics in there, some street stuff in there, some sad stuff, some happy like stuff, but it's like mostly aggressive with like a few like more chill moments. So that's kind of a long answer, but I just like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean I well, I'm actually kind of curious to see what Chancy says about a lot of that artists today, because I don't know how Chancy's gonna feel about these artists. His rap from what I understand of Chansey's rap liking, it is here and there. Like, it's varied, depending on the artist. But we never talked Jedi Mind Tricks yet on this show, so I'm kind of curious. Chansey, what do you think of Army of the Pharaohs? I mean, I thought it was interesting. I I started with it, and uh, usually the first thing I'll do is I just put it on and then I'll give it a first initial listen while I play like a video game just to kind of get a feel of the, how it sounds and everything. I, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of liked it. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of, uh, it's like something that Jeremy would pick only better. <laughs> Motherfucker. Motherfucker. It already starts. Fucking 14 minutes in. Jesus Christ. 
Oh, it took it took longer than I thought. No, you know, you know. <laughs> that, well, that's what she said to him last night. But you know, <laughs> I have the opposite problem. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I actually quite enjoyed it. It was it was um, I hadn't heard I hadn't listened to it before. Um, it was definitely nice to kind of you know just check it out, get to know new stuff. I like checking out new things. You know, Jeremy didn't suggest it, so I wasn't exactly that trepidatious when I went. You know, when I went into it. <laughs> Oh, I mean, Chancey's always down to check out a new Suicide Girl, so. I mean, I suppose, I guess. I don't know about all that. Are those still a thing? Like, that that was, like, a very popular website and stuff for a while. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know if that, I don't know if that, I don't know if, the, if they did, it's probably, like, a name change. I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, they mental, must have got mental, sued a lot. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm positive they got sued a couple times. <laughs> like, a lot of the, a lot of the internet, but. Trying to find who owns them. It's not always easy. So corporations within corporations within corporations. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just a huge Ponzi scheme. <laughs> like the whole porn industry just moves money around in circles somehow. Oh, it it, yeah. it does. I mean, it so has to. And like it's literally like these payment sites you to go through. And then like if you if they charge your credit card extra than you agreed to, like literally to call your bank and be like, yeah, this is fraud. Like, and they're like, did you contact them? I'm like, no, you go try to contact them because I can't find shit. Yeah, good <laughs> luck like, with that. <laughs> they're like in the Cayman Islands or some shit, and it's, their phone number just never. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Cambodia, Thailand, somewhere over, somewhere over there. But yeah, as far as army the pharaohs go, hmm, see. Oh yeah, I go off topic a lot, so you got to just bring it. Oh, <laughs> they, they call us musers for a reason. But I mean, army the pharaohs. I I went through six, seven years ago, like a phase at my job where I was just going through like all these like golden rap artists and like of course that led down a rabbit hole to Jedi Mind Tricks and of course Jedi Mind Tricks opened up like five more rabbit holes to different other groups that they all formed after they left and I've listened to all of your Army of the Fair albums before. It's been a long fucking time because I'm I love them but I'm also they're also not like stuff I can listen to every day. I mean I can listen to artists like them every day just not them. I it's hard to explain. I mean, I love Demons and Wizards, which is Iced Earth and Blind Guardian together. But I'd rather listen to Blind Guardian solo than Iced Earth, like that type of thing. Like certain rappers in there I love, but certain rappers I just don't like the voice of, or I just, you know, I go and do so much of them before I get like, man, back in a way now. But Army of the Pharaohs, I always have loved. I respected them. They are right up there with another group we're going to be talking about a little later with like the 2000s uh, super groups that formed from like, legendary rap stars and just it it's super groups are a great thing are amazing especially in rap they're rare and hard to come by but they're amazing and i mean the pharaohs is definitely among that i love this fucking album and yeah i think the reason you can't find the original version on spotify is i think jedi mind tricks technically owns it and it's like it's a whole with all these groups it's always a legal battle between who owns what because there's so many people in it that are trying to take control of it but right i mean Fucking uh, Vinny P has I fucking love. Like, I'll, there's a, and that'll get into why I picked my album later on about that as well. But um, what are your top five songs off your album, there, Gary? Um, this was tough. It's changed like a few times today. Um, but um, I think I like Spaz Out. Um, the intro from Troy, like 
I mostly work with fighters and, and with different fight promotions, UFC being the main one. And uh, <laughs> like been working with them for almost 20 years. And um, like, I like, I think about like walkout music a lot and like what makes good walkout music. And that starts with like a Troy, you know, a scene from the movie Troy about fighting the Salonians and remember your name. And it comes with like some like cinematic opera music. So that's the one that like I usually go to first, especially if I'm like going to go to the gym and, like work out or go spar some 16 year old kids that got a lot more energy than me then like at least like get me through like a round and a half before i'm like i'm done 44 years old <laughs> here um so that that one um suicide girl which we talked about um it's just such a different vibe um yeah. from the rest of the album it's like a, you know it's a deep song um then i like Cooking Keys, um, I really like the piano in that, and it's another, they're still talking, like, some pretty hardcore shit, but the beat is, like, a little more, like, upbeat, mellow, kind of, like, jazzy. It's hard to explain, but I like that one a lot. Um, Hollow Points I like. Uh, they use another, like, audio sample at the beginning from the Iceman, I remember it's the Iceman Confessionals or Confessions of an Iceman, a documentary. Uh, Richard Kuklinski. Yeah, yep. that's it. Yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty rad. Um, and then "Bust Them In" is just one that like gets me fired up. Like that's another song that just like, you know, get like get the rage out kind of. And like all of them are just like really great lyrically. They play off each other well. You can tell that like there's competition when one guy writes his verse. The next guys are trying to like one up them, um, which I think is cool. And uh, yeah, and if you ask me at the end of this, I'll have thought of three other songs I like more and would want to like <laughs> move them in, which is, I think is a, it's a good problem to have because a lot of albums these days you'll you know you'll listen and it's like why is this a full album? Three, four good songs and the rest are like obviously filler, but I think these guys at least at that time like brought their A game. Oh yeah, I mean Vinny Piaz never doesn't bring his A game. He's always a fucking incredible guest in any song he's on, and it's yeah. funny. I would take it to mine. But, Chanty, what was your top five? Uh, number five for me was Spaz Out. Ah. Uh, num- number four was Suicide Girl. Uh, number three was The Ultimatum. Uh, number two was Godzilla. And uh, number one was Hollow Points. I dug, the, uh, I dug that sample. I'm a sucker for a sample. Yes, he is. Yeah, as you'll see with his album. But ah, uh, now I mean, I actually had three honorable mentions because I fucking do love. I love I love them. I love this group a lot. Like they're fucking amazing super group. And number eight was Bust Them In, which I swear to God I had to read that title like ten times because I kept thinking it said Bust In. That's a whole and different like, kind of ball game. I know, and that's why I, I'm listening to a song. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm listening to a song, and I'm like, this title is deceiving. And then I'm like reading it again, I'm like. Oh, bust Emin. I, 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 it makes more sense. It makes more sense. Okay. I had to re-listen to the song and be like, okay, now that makes sense. <laughs> right. Number seven was Rip to Shreds because that fucking flow in that was incredible. I love that shit. And then number six was Hollow Points because, yeah, I love the fucking intro to it. And I mean, any, any of these songs that were kind of closer to horrorcore, I really dug because I love my horrorcore rap. And they kind of, Army of Pharaohs kind of touches on it a little. So it's all the other groups that are on here tonight. They all like blend into hardcore a little bit at different times, especially the 
the one group that somebody bought. But number five was Spaz Out because that was a freaking amazing song. And it, it makes you think of that uh, My Friend Dahmer movie because they were like, they like the whole beginning where he's in high school and they're like, oh, he's spazzing out. Oh, yeah. But that's what made me think of always. Number four was Suplex because I just immediately thought of wrestling and the song kind of went with it. Like, it would have been like a good intro song. But number three was Drenched in Blood because that is pure hardcore fucking love right there. Like, yeah. Drenched in Blood is an amazing fucking song. The lyrics are mm, phenomenal. Number two was Ultimatum because the, everything, the beat, the flow was just sick. Like, completely. And of course, number one was Suicide Girl because it was so different from what they usually do. And it reminded me of like a, tw- a Twisted song or maybe even an Esham song in a way. Like, that's just kind of where my mind went with it. So, I freaking love Suicide Girl. I mean, I can definitely see some of my favorite rappers doing it. So, surprised no one has, honestly. But those are my top five for Army of Pharaohs. And yeah, like I said, when you said Army of Pharaohs, I was like, oh, fuck. Someone else is going to bring an Army of Pharaohs? I thought it was up to me eventually. Shit. Like, I almost forgot about them for a minute. And then I'm like, shit, okay. I mean, they come up with my like songs once in a while, but it's not that often. They yeah, I think like, like not individually, those groups have some popularity, especially Jedi Mind Tricks, but I think people forget about the compilation albums and people don't listen to albums anymore. Like they listen to one song and like, so people, yeah. I, I rarely hear someone go like, hey, this album was great. It's like, hey, did you hear that song? But like, I think nah. the, the art of an album is like a lost thing. Uh, I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, if you're really a fan of any band, you're going to listen to their full albums regardless. I mean, just because you're a fan, it's the way it goes. I mean, I, I'm i not going to go to ICP's new album and listen to one song and be done. I'm like, no, I don't, this, their albums are albums. You need to listen to the whole thing because there's usually like a flow through it and there's skits in, in the middle and shit that aren't even like tracks. Same right, but like then it gets into like, and for me, I'll do that, but then it gets into shuffle world after a couple of weeks oh. or months. And then I'll oh, never yeah, hear a skit again. I never hear listen, listen like front to back. Like it's I just, oh I mean that's honestly part of the reason I wanted to start the show is because I wanted to hear album people brought to me like front to back and enjoy them or hate on them horribly, which we've done in the past. But yeah, I like that, that nectar, concept of base nectar. That's a base nectar reference, but you're never living that down, Chancy. Never. I mean Everybody has hey, everybody rolls up a cottonmouth kings every now and then, all right. Hey, one, I like the fucking uh wordplay there, but and it's yeah. well, okay, cottonmouth kings gonna come into play a little bit later tonight, too. So we'll get there, but let's go to your album, Chancy. Which album did you want to bring? I brought the most known unknown by Three Six Mafia. I'm watching you out of the corner of my eye. What a big let a nigga get a little piece of that pie. You ain't all that when you act stuck up. Let me pull something this drink in your cup. And maybe let her own eye get them goods. And maybe if not, you be catching the bugs. What's some ass nigga keep blowing up your phone? Can't get the picture, won't leave you alone. Girl, what you done did that fool head gone? I think a young player need to look up with you. Cause ain't no telling what you might do. Chew a nigga up in the pit, let cool. Toes gonna up like the moment. I figured if we're gonna go with a rap, with a rap show, I figure. You know, go back to the well for, you know, a sure thing. Well, that's still going to come down to 3-6 in this show, but this time, maybe not so much. We'll find out. But first things first, why did our guests think of 3-6 Mafia? Um, 
they got beef with Bone still, I think. So fuck, no, I'm just kidding. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I've always liked they do. them. They do. That beef, that, like, beef, that, beef, that beef don't die. Yeah, like it did, and then I think, or they just were away from each other probably, and then like the versus shit came up, and then like I think they're back beefing. Like they accused Bone of stealing their style early on when they sounded nothing alike, in my opinion. And then no, they really didn't. In the beginning, they definitely didn't. Yeah, and then I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, but I always liked them, um, especially the earlier stuff. Uh, I started a riot once with 3-6 Mafia that resulted in a lot of fucking turmoil. So I think uh, they've always had a place in my heart. But um, <laughs> we're a, a quick story. We're playing at this underage club, we're 16 or 18 and under, we're like 16. My buddy was a DJ. And about an hour left to go, the promoter guy came up. He's like, yeah, we're not going to be able to pay you what we said we're going to pay you. Like, we give you like a hundred bucks. But like people bought pops, like there was no liquor. So like kids just weren't buying a hundred fucking four dollar sodas. So they underestimated or overestimated how much they're going to make. So they didn't want to pay us. And he's like, stop paying like that gangster shit. Like it's getting, you know, it's getting a little too fucking hectic. here." I'm like, you're going to fucking pay us. And uh, he's like, nah, he's like what are you going to do? Are you going to fucking call the cops? You don't have a fucking contract. I was like, all right. So I was like, Hey, you know that three, six mafia song hit a motherfucker. I'm like, load that one up. So I got on the mic. I'm like, there's a lot of gangs in there. I was like, how many bloods are in this motherfucker? How many GDs are in this motherfucker? I bet you motherfuckers won't hit it. And then he's like, hit a motherfucker. And everyone just, boom, they just started hitting each other. Like chairs flying. And like, just, it was, it was a mess. Um, and we never got paid, but, <laughs> I we, ne- we never we never got we didn't get paid <laughs> you should have just paid us what do you agree to you thought we we're just like you know some punk kids and weren't gonna uh you know do anything like i wasn't gonna get a lawyer but you know right i don't and condone he, that type of activity i was 15 years old probably or 16 but i mean and you you ain't and you ain't will smith to his dj jazzy jeff you ain't gonna go up and just smack a motherfucker so no <laughs> Oh, that, so. that, that, I get a lot of references to uh, that shit all the time. That, the smacking, like, that, yeah. I work for a slap fighting organization as well, so I get a lot of uh, the slap thing. People still right. to this day call me up and, like, I haven't heard of that. You know what would be awesome? I'm like, you say the Will Smith thing. I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> uh, uh, but good help. Yeah. I, uh, I like 3-6 Mafia still. Um they're one of the few groups out there that 100% you could tell it's one of their songs from the first two seconds when it comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people should have to change up or keep up with the times if they're an artist. I think, like, do what got you to the fucking dance, you know? I don't think 45, 50-year-old dude should be sounding like Drake, you know? I think, like, sound like yourselves and do your own thing, and your fan base might not be a trillion people, but you'll have a solid base that sticks with you forever. And I think they're, that's the kind of band that people are riding with them, you know, till the end. And, uh, mm. like definitely a good choice. I spent a lot of time in Memphis too. Um, worked there from uh, 2018 and 19, pretty much the whole two years. And, uh, they still are very loved down there for sure. Oh, I mean the few that remain at this point, but yeah, they're, they're dropping like flies the last decade, but yeah. That's what happens when you're in the in, in the trap house all those years, but 
I mean, just that that road living too is just like people think like the drugs and drinking gets you a lot. It's the fucking McDonald's and Wendy's and fucking KFC and shit that they're, you know, I'm I'm on the road a lot and like the diet fucks you up more than the drinking and fucking other shit sometimes. So these guys, like their hearts usually go from poor diet and too much fucking lean and whatever else. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, well, as far as Chansey's album goes, you Chansey knows I'm a three six fan. Hell, I made a six part three six mafia bracket we're gonna get to eventually on this show. I mean, I'm a huge three six fan because they were inspired to start by ICP. Hypnotized Camp Posse was their version of ICP, basically. And they that's I love Three Six Mafia because that's where they came from, and I love their earlier stuff. Their newer when they became popular and their newer stuff, they kind of lost me. I was just like, and eh, they did change. Like it's not the same. You can still yes, you can recognize them from the get go to the newest shit, but it's it changed. And for the most part, it changed. They went from being horrorcore to being after the first three albums to being like mainstream early two thousands rap, and it just it pissed me off a lot. I mean, they still had some damn good bangers, but I mean, it's just I don't know. I I love it. And th- this album wasn't bad. Chansey has brought some 3 6 Mafia albums to some Juicy J albums. I was like, what the fuck do you think? But, I mean, most known unknown is freaking a lot of songs I knew already and a couple new ones I haven't heard before. And so I was, it was a pleasant mix between things I love and things I get to discover that I haven't heard before. Definitely got a top five. Definitely got many honorable mentions. So, I mean, it's 3 6 Mafia. Who the fuck doesn't love 3 6? Yeah, it's like the songs I thought I didn't like, then I listen to them and I, I'm like, I want to not like this, but I do like it. <laughs> like, you know, like halfway through, you're like bouncing and you like forget that you're supposed to hate exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like when I have to listen to Eminem to see the albums for this show. It's like, I'm supposed to hate him, but I sometimes it's hard in the older shit. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, I hate to tell you this. Gary, but my fa- one of my favorite three six songs is "Live by Your Rep," which is totally a diss track to both thugs. So yeah, it's a good but, song. Like I'm all about the competition. Mm. So, like, yeah. I mean, I love I, I love Dre and I love uh, what the fuck's the other guy's name? Not Easy, but uh, oh my, Ren, MC Ren. I love both them, but I fucking love No Vaseline. That shit's the funniest shit in the world. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's still probably the hardest diss song ever. Like, for the time it came out, I mean, hardest diss track ever, I think, is ICP just Eminem. But because they, they, they yeah. have fucking, dude, they talk about fucking, they did a whole song about fucking his mom. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. The hardest diss track, if we're not, if we're talking like, uh, it's either going to be like, it's either going to be, uh, no Vaseline or that one that fucking uh, I think it was Nas the one that Nas did. No ether. Ether, the, thank you. Yeah. yeah the, the, those are up there. Those are the top for sure. I don't I don't know offhand the ICP one. I mean I know they exist and I heard them back in the day. Oh, I can't say there's exactly. Some, there's three of them. There's fucking yeah. three of them. Yeah, I know they were going at it pretty good. Um, oh, I mean, Eminem got him too, though. Them pretty too. Uh, Eminem like, I, I remember, I got, I remember one of the lines. Like, how do you say? It was, there's a homophobic reference in it, and then he said something about claiming Detroit, but you live 20 miles away or something like that. 
uh, I don't know. Which are, I think uh, they had a pretty good comeback. Like they, Eminem's a good battle rapper, and those guys like cut deep. So it was a good, it was a good battle. It was. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. That feud was over, just like Bone Thugs in Three Six. Like it was over. Then it, now supposedly it's back on again because Eminem put out a diss track or something like that. Like I don't know. Like Eminem just needs to. They all need to fucking just stop at this point. They're in their fifties for fuck's sake. Like. What are you going to do? Go beat each other with your walkers? But Yeah, I'd watch it. Pay-per-view. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'd, yeah, right? I'd watch it. That's damn sure, but... I would, I would absolutely pay a ticket and watch it. But, Chancey, what were your top five in your album? Um, so, number five for me was uh, Swerving. Um, Ain't Got Time for Games. That's another one. Fucking, I mean, bouncing can't go wrong with that. That's an honorable mention. Basically, I, I mean, without pulling all you and throwing the whole thing in, you know, obviously, then I'll just have to go with the top three most commonly known ones. Obviously, you got half on a stack, popping my collar, stay fly, right there. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, oh, you, that's, uh, you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me. I'm not really. I mean, I mean, you're going to be in therapy more, but you're going to hate me. Probably not. Uh, well, Gary, what were your top five before I break Chancey's hopes and dreams? Um, this also changed a little bit, but I think top five. Uh, what did I end up with? Um, obviously, back to the fighting stuff. Hard Hitters was probably my favorite one on the album. Um. Pop My Collar was one of those ones I was like, this is not going on the list. And then I played it. And then <laughs> I was like, damn it, I like this song. <laughs> um, That's so funny. I thought that was dope. Uh, Don't You Get Mad. I love the Willie Hutch sample in there. Um, I make a lot of music myself and these soul samples a lot. And I forgot how much I do like Little Flip too. Um, Swerving, I really like. I like I like the Texas car culture songs and Paul Wall and, uh, you know, I like a lot of Bun B and all those guys from Texas. So really like that. And uh, roll with it. I like a lot. I like that Motorola chirp chirp. Uh, it's yeah. Like it dates it. Like that's like, it brings me back to like a certain time, which like I always say music's like a time machine, you know, a certain song could like in your brain or like make you feel like you're a kid or teenager, like, and that song, like, I instantly remembered, like, wearing a size, like, five Cavs jersey, like, in a grand band. <laughs> that song, like, bumping some 12s in the back. So, like, I think that was – it'll change a little bit, but I think uh, all the samples – and, like, those are all kind of, like, a little different, I guess. Uh, one was poppy. One was, like, kind of more of their violent, older stuff. One was more of a southern track. So, um, I think, like – this this album had like a few different songs that were kind of leaning towards the south, which was the most popular music I think at that time. But like they still had their flavor in it, so it's kind of like a mix of different genres. But um, yeah, I forgot how much I liked that album because I was kind of like always kind of like what you were saying earlier about liking it the first few three albums and then disliking it. Like I feel that way too. And that, but then I listened to some of their newer stuff and I'm like. It's not as good, but it's still not terrible. Like there's oh, some yeah, exactly. quality and like in it. 
and then they always have a couple songs on the albums that weren't really the most popular ones that are still like some punch a motherfucker in the mouth type shit that you know like it's Eminem too he'll have the poppiest crap songs that I just can't stand and then you'll forget that there's like gems on every one of those albums that no one really talks about exactly. yeah I mean I mean with Three Six Mafia I definitely see, see that shit and like it's and it's funny because four out of my top five weren't even mentioned yet. So that's the ironic part. But I did four honorable mentions for this CD as well because it's fucking freezing pop, yeah? And surprisingly enough, Chancy, number nine was most known unknown hits because Satanic did the same thing in one of his albums where like he put like a bunch of his popular songs, like clips from them into like one track and. I love when they do that because, like, those are all song. Those are all clips from songs I fucking loved in that. And like, I, I was hoping like some of them be on the CD, and I'm like, oh, of course they're not. Why would they be? This is when Three Six Mafia started to suck. But number my number eight was Stay Fly because it went in the list immediately and just got shoved down continuously. <sighs> I mean, I don't know. It reminds me too much of uh, Stay Fresh or whatever it is. Uh, fucking. Outcast. Yeah, fresh and oh, so, so clean. Fr- yeah, so fresh. Like, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that, like, in a way. But Yeah, I had to pick one pop song. Pop of My Collar or that. Pop of My Collar is yeah. one for that. Battle. I can gladly, I can happily say Pop of My Collar did not make my fucking list at all. But numbers, that to me is just too mainstream. But number seven was when I pull up at the crib. I mean, at the club. Because that's typical, their typical trap fucking uh, fight shit I love. And number six was hard hitters for the same reason. I love their fight shit, but it's not my favorite shit they do. I like it when they touch on other subjects a little more. Number five was Dancing on a Pole, because that was actually a damn good lyrics, beat, everything. That was amazing. Number four was Half on Sack, because I actually never heard that song, but it's fucking really good. Number three was Pussy Got You Hooked, because fuck, every man can relate to that shit. Every man can relate to that shit. And I mean, the female in it too is fucking incredible. So, Ballad. number two, number two was "Don't Violate" because that I like the story behind that shit. And then number one, I can't believe nobody else mentioned this fucking shit. This is what got me into Three Six Mafia. All parts of this song, fucking body parts three. Like the newest one they did on the newest one they did as the Mafia Six now. That body parts is the best one by far because of the amount of people they have on it. But I mean, it's like a fucking thirty-second intro of all the people that are on it. But I mean, I love all the versions of body parts. Like it's fucking incredible. Always a incredible collab from the first fucking one and like the first CD. And like, I've got these body parts in my trunk. Like that's the most classic line ever. It's hardcore edge purist. And I mean, it's. The only thing that pissed me off is Lord Infamous isn't around for their CD, and that's what pissed me off because this is when they like this is like right after they kicked them out and like because of all this shit and like he's not around any of these tracks and that kind of pissed me off because that's my favorite number three six always it was Lord Infamous. Why did they kick him out? Uh drugs, alcohol, everything. He just he was he was he was wilding out. He was wilding out, and when they're when Juicy and Paul were trying to like get a little more serious and like. They're trying to get a TV show, and like they're like, we can't have you on a TV show because you're gonna fuck everything up for us. So they, yeah. they booted him out, and then like that slowly started breaking down Three Six Mafia from that point on. Basically, like once the show ended, like they just started separating, going their own shit. I, yeah, mean, I forgot about that show. 
DJ, I, I never even watched one fucking second of it, but I just heard my, my, one of my best friends years ago, like loved it when it was on. So he always used to talk about it. Like I'd never seen it, but I mean, I also yeah. don't want to see Juicy. I don't want to see Juicy and Paul get folded around on camera. I'm fucking good with that. Like I don't need to waste my time on that shit, but I mean, yeah, I do love that. Worth watching. I did see DJ Paul live like five years ago when he was signed under psychopathic and he was, he opened up for uh, ICP and he was one of the openers and fucking was, I, I took it's acid sick. that night. I took, we, we, we got acid that night and like, I, I didn't think it was kicking in. And then next thing I know, I blacked out to the beginning of the POD set. Come to as they're uh, doing, I'm still alive, which is fucking awesome. And then I black out again, not knowing who even's on next. And when I, when I come to, DJ Paul's on stage wearing a fucking gold Illuminati mask like thing, just going six, 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 like over and over again. And I was like, this is one of the, why do I keep coming out the best moments? Like, this is fucking awesome. But, yeah, that could be like really awesome on acid or the worst thing that's ever happened to you, just depending on where your mind right? is. <laughs> like, it, it was definitely an awesome experience because I'm just such a fan of all these bands. I mean, POD, I wasn't a big fan of. I mean, I, I like their hits, but I'm not a big and the funny thing is that I didn't even realize that they were like a Christian rock group until this concert. And I, I guess it makes sense because ICP is technically a Christian rap group. So, I mean. Technically how? <laughs> like they are. Because the carnival is God. That's what they unveiled in the Six Jokers card. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew I should have brought ICP in this fucking shit. I was going to bring that album too. And I was thinking about it for a hot second. And I'm like, I was going to bring the fucking Wraith and die unveiling. Like they, they basically say the carnival is God. Sorry if we tricked y'all. That's literally what they say. They say they say over and over again in the chorus. Sorry if we tricked y'all. We didn't mean to hurt you. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was we're not sorry if we tricked you. I think they go both ways. I think they start off saying sorry, then they're like at the end it's like we're not sorry. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that was like the last album of theirs I bought. I just threw it out the window. I was like, no, no, we're not, no. That's fucking stupid. But then they unleash Hell's Pit, which was like the satanic version of that album, and it was the best fucking thing ever. Like, has some mm. of their best tracks on it. Like, people love Hell's Pit. It's amazing. I mean, in my room, fucking uh, truly alone. Like, oh my god, so many hits on that shit that like are for depressed ass people. Which I was one of those depressed ass people for a long time, so I love it. But and in my room is one of the creepiest fucking songs ever. Oh my god. But I mean, yeah, I love that's to my top five. It's been a while ah. since I've listened to any. I haven't listened to anything of theirs in a long time, but uh, there's Hell, there's definitely Hell's songs Pit. I liked. If if you like dark shit, Hell's Pit is dark as fuck. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I think uh, ah. there's, there's horrorcore stuff I really liked. I mean, I was more like on the Gravedigger's side of things, but there's like oh, a lot. Of shit I love there. me some fucking Gravediggers. Yeah. Oh. I like that. What the, oh, what the hell's their one? What the hell's the main song? They, oh, is it just called 666, I think? Or Six Feet Deep? Um, I'm not sure. Oh, no. Th- oh, no okay, I know. Okay, I'm, I love Grave Diggers. I'm not thinking of them, though. I'm thinking of Flatliners. But Grave Diggers is amazing, too. I just haven't listened. I, I've listened to, I haven't listened to Grave Diggers in a fucking minute. Like, yeah, it's I discovered them. I discovered them around the same time I listened to Army of Pharaohs for the first time, and like it was like all like I was searching all through all the horrorcore shit. But Gravediggers is fucking incredible. They started out really like horrorcore the first album, and then the second one shifted a bit, and then they were more Wu Tang ish. 
Like, yeah. But still dope. But it was just like, it was, it was a different thing. The first one was like a pure horrorcore album. And then the second one was like half and half, I'd say probably. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what drives me nuts about these bands is they, you start off with one thing and you get fans because you start off with that thing. And then you're going to try to switch it up and think they're going to follow you. Like, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. I mean, how many? Sometimes it does. Sometimes. I mean, that's like, that's like Jelly Roll. Like, I love old school Jelly Roll when he was working with Little White in 3-6, like a lot. Like, I love that old school Jelly Roll. Like, No Sick Days is one of the best fucking CDs ever with him and Little White doing it together. I saw that. I saw them live when they did that album. But, and I actually got mistaken for Jelly Roll. I was going out to smoke a cigarette and the one security guard's like, hey, that was a good set you just did. I'm like, thanks. I'm like, I'll let you think I'm Jelly Roll. I'm, 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 I'm cool with that shit. But, yeah, he's a guy that I was convinced I would hate a lot. And I just never paid much attention. And then recently, like, I have some friends that actually know him. They've worked with him a bunch. And they just listen. So I started, like, going backwards. And, yeah. like, it got better the older that it got. So I could see why you feel that way. Oh, big the big Sal story uh, when he did. At, at the concert I was at, they were giving away single, out like, single CDs for uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, which is one of the yeah. best fucking songs ever. Yeah, I was just trying to get Bam Bam Bigelow uh, to do a, um, what you call it, a uh, cameo for our fantasy football league. <laughs> Is he still alive? I thought he I died. I don't think so. No, I think he's, yeah. He died. And it ended up with, we got Hacksaw Jim Duggan and uh, tried to get one of the Bushwhackers. Oh, I saw I saw, I saw a thing with Hacksaw Jim Duggan in some commercial. Yeah, we got him. It wasn't great. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's been taking a lot of blows to the head over the years, so. Yeah, he didn't bring the two by four. I felt chipped off. Did they at least walk in the room and yell, Hello! He did, but it was just like he phoned it in. Yeah. <laughs> but Bam Bam Bigelow, he's still on there. So he's, that, that's fucked up if he's dead. They need to take him off of there. Yeah, they do. But that means, folks, that it's time to go to our last album tonight. And speaking of great bands such as Wu Tang Clan, who is who I, I compare this band to a more modern version of Wu-Tang in a way. But this band is yet another super group from the 2000s that formed, from, well, we'll get to that in a second. But I decided, when he told me he wanted to bring Army of the Pharaohs, I'm like, all right, I've been waiting for an excuse to bring this fucking group on forever. And I finally found a match because Army of the Pharaohs, this can stand up to Army of the Pharaohs and still be a good C, a great CD. And I brought the Coconostra's Brand you can trust their fucking debut album they did, which in my opinion is still their best album by far out of the three they did together. But boys, the outcome fact will really be right. I teach you how to make a shotgun out of PVC pipe and make a Molotov cocktail out of equally trite, seemingly nice common household products. My teenage life as a boy soldier was described in the blood of my parents. Now I kill for approval from my commanders. Barely remember my baby sister, brainwashed to forget by the shady system. They were murdered in front of my face and I barely missed them. I've lost my soul. I'm numb from war, movies, and drugs. I'm a machine and they use me as such. Slaughtering way too many people to count now. Sniffing the brown, brown mountains of cocaine and gunpowder. This Coconostra was formed out of, not Jedi Jedi Matrix, obviously, but it was formed out of House of Pain, which they they met Slane in Boston and they wanted to like work with them and then fucking 
from there just grew and my fucking boy ill bill came on it and ill bill is incredible and that's part of the reason i brought it is because Vinny Piaz and Ill Bill are the heavy metal kings rap duo. And I love heavy metal kings. So I'm like, all right, if he's going to bring Piaz, I got to bring Ill Bill in something. So I'm like, with Coconostra, fuck yeah. That's where I first heard Ill Bill. And I'm like, he's incredible. And that, that's what actually led me to heavy metal kings is here on the Coconostra. But cause I kind of went forward and backwards with him. And I love the Coconostra because, I mean, I live in Massachusetts. So it's local to me because House of Pain and fucking Slain are all from Boston area. And I fucking love, I love Slain. Slain's solo shit, I gotta find a, re- a reason to bring it here too eventually, because his solo shit is amazing. Um, the day the world ends, or whatever, or a world without, fuck, I forget, that, forget, forget what the fuck it's called. It's the album that Slain's dead's on. Oh, A World With No Tomorrow. A World With No Tomorrow. Yeah, that's a fucking incredible album. So, I mean, I want to bring the Coconostra on for that reason, and just because I think they're one of the most amazing rap groups ever. And I mean, they were in, like, one of the songs on this album was in the movie The Town, because Ben Affleck and Slane are friends, because they're both from Boston. Was he in that? Slane? Yes. He was in one of those Slane, movies. He was in The Town. He was in, I believe he had a, he was in a bar, he was in, a, in, in one of the scenes in a bar, he was singing at the bar, but. Right on. Funny I, enough, uh, the guy that was the rapper, like, the coach on that Dennis Rodman show, was a white rapper from Boston. Um the Jaeger bomb story. And, uh, he was like DiCaprio's acting coach, um, mm. like to teach him how to be like South Boston ish. And, uh, he's, he's really good friends with Slane and he's from South Boston. So that's, I mean, a weird connection, I, but yeah. I wish Slane still really performed in, around Massachusetts. Cause I would love to fucking see him, but I haven't seen anything about him performing in so long. Like he didn't, Oh no, a world without skies. That's the name of that album. A world without skies. That, that's the name of it. But I, he, yeah, he doesn't really, he didn't release stuff anymore. He doesn't really like tour anymore. I don't know what the hell he's doing nowadays. I don't know if he's just chilling, like with the money he made. But yeah, I see him uh, featured on stuff occasionally. Occasionally, like stuff, I've, but... like I've seen him on, uh, I've seen him on like with some hardcore artists that like smaller ones too. Like he'll like pop on them, them for a cameo, and it's just like, okay, I'm down for it, but. I fucking love Slane. He's an amazing artist, and everybody else in the Coconut Store is amazing too. I mean, how can you go wrong with House of Pain? Fucking jump around. Come on. <laughs> like, it's classic. But it is a classic. But, Gary, have you heard of the Coconut Store before this? Oh, actually, I know oh that, yeah. But... Actually, I actually have that shirt from that album, and if I wasn't out of town, I would have worn it on this. Nice. Uh, ah. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I love Cypress Hill. Um, you know, and they're yeah. like, closely knit and i love dj lethal and uh i was not thinking i would like everlast as like a folk singer like blues like whatever that when the whitey forge shit came out and it was so good and it was just like such a different thing and then now he does both and uh sometimes i think yeah i'm a big fan um one of those songs in there i talk like is one of my favorite songs of all time and i you know, I quote it. It's a quote of a quote because they took the title from yeah. Nas, but like it's one of my songs that I listen to like every week, probably since it came out. So, well, and actually, I, Chancey, I probably should comment about things coming to play here somewhere. And I don't all like right, I, I don't like to disappoint you because Slane was signed to Suburban Noise Records back in the day, and that's how he met 
all these different rappers to do this. I mean, and you said Cypress Hill, which Cypress Hill has done a lot with fucking Suburban Noise. Like, Cypress Hill has been on a shitload of Cottonmouth King songs over the years. And, I mean, it's all California love. I mean, Snoop being on it, they actually toured with Snoop when when they did the CD, and he would perform that song with them. And I, I've seen, like, live videos, of, well, not live, but videos of it. It's fucking, like, I would love to see all them in concert. It'd be incredible. It yeah. really seems like an amazing experience. And Selene also worked with Mad Child a bunch of times, too, because of being on Suburban Noise. So, I mean, that, Suburban Noise in the 2000s, when this came out, was, like, right at the peak of, like, their greatest performance because all they had so many fucking amazing rappers on their label at that point and then fifth and then uh like six seven eight years later it all started falling apart but but that was mainly because small members broke up but yeah that was like a i was never i was a fan of people that they were signing but like the core of cottonmouth kings type rap mm-hmm. rock southern california stoner whatever i don't even know what that genre was I, I just like never rip rock really liked it. Well, I, 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 yeah, rip hop, rip hop, rip rock, whatever you want to call it. They they call it different things in every song. But I fuck, I love Cottonmouth Kings a lot when I was in my twenties. I mean, I still love them, but it's just that's something I could bump every day, like I used to. Like I used to really love like driving home with a, with a fucking joint in my hand, smoking it, listening to Cottonmouth Kings. It was like that. It was heaven. It was heaven on earth. But and I mean, their fucking beats are beyond belief good. Like I, their DJs are always so fucking right on point with them. But, I do remember that I did like a lot of the DJ stuff that they did. I mean, in another ICP inspired band, but gotta love that ICP inspired a lot of the greatest rappers around. But I would put them on the greatest rappers list. Yeah, they're definitely in my top ten rap group list. That's a fucking stretch. <laughs> hey, they're, they're and... in my top ten. And we have now reached a maximum capacity of your bullshit, sir. <laughs> well, speaking of bullshit, Jancy, um, have you ever heard of the coconut before this week? And what do you think? No, ain't ever heard of no cock and nostril before. Not not before the show. <laughs> no, I'm just like I haven't heard of it, but it really, honestly, I I I can't say it was all that bad. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. I was actually pretty happy with the uh, with the choices for this week's episode. I was like, oh, I'm going to ramp up and I'm just going to fucking give Jeremy the business. And I was listening to it and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I guess I could lie. I mean, <laughs> no, it really wasn't bad. I picked five and five, you know, pretty good ones anyway. Oh, you're going to hate me. Oh, I mean, just five, though. It's fucking the Coconostra. I mean, I try to stick to the assignment, sir. Yeah, I, I had honorable mentions, but then it was like into the point where like all these albums, like the honorable mentions was like the rest of the songs. pretty much. Right. Well, funny you say that, because for this album, I pulled it, Jeremy, and I fucking, yeah. I just, I ranked the whole fucking album because I couldn't pick. Like, it's just every song is pure, like, me sitting at my desk at work, just fucking nodding along to it, like the fucking beats, like in my car. I listened to the whole album again in my car on the way home tonight, and I fucking just, I love this album. Like I, there are actually tracks in this album I discovered again because I didn't realize I come. I used to skip over them all the fucking time because I didn't remember them, and I would just hear like the opening beat and be like, and eh, next song. And I'm just like, oh my god, these are all fucking incredible songs. And the ones I thought were gonna, some of the ones I thought were gonna be my top five, like got pushed so fucking far down, it wasn't even funny. I was just like, okay, this is 
Like my top five is only like two songs I would have called. The three, hmm. three out of five, I wouldn't have called even not as my top five. But just hmm. to start off, and I'll blast through the honorable mentions just to make it go faster. But last on the list was Blaze Sunday, which funny enough because it was the first song on the fucking list, and it got pushed all the way down. But it's it's a short little thing, and I mean I like the uh, Black Sabbath like riff in the in the beginning of it, and I fucking love everything. I mean it's a good it's a good opener track that's for sure, but. Number 14 was Get You By, because that's another one, like, undiscovered track on this one, because I didn't even remember that song at all. And when I heard it, I was like, ooh, these lyrics are fucking deep. I'm digging this shit. And number 13 was Soldier Story, because, I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't amazing. Number 12 was Fuck Tony Montana, because I fucking hate Scarface with a passion. I hate Scarface. Godfather's better. But I'll fight anybody that doesn't agree with that statement. <laughs> like... I mean, two two things can be true, though. I mean, to, I mean, Scarface is good, but I mean, comparing Scarface and The Godfather is kind of also kind of not fair. They're, You're talking they're about the biggest, they're two of the biggest like mob movies in the fucking history. I guess. I think, I, I, go ahead. I, Scarface gets worse every time I watch it. I think like I loved it, and then there was like an eight year period where I didn't see it, and then I watched it again, and I'm like, this movie's not good. I'm like, the acting's yeah. terrible. Like, it's pretty racist, almost like how bad the acting is. And like, man, I, it's and I think it was the same time where like everybody had a Scarface poster on their wall, and like every fake gangster Scarface all the time. People were allu- were loving the illusion of being Tony Montana. They weren't loving the, they didn't like the movie. They were just loving the illusion of being Tony Montana, being a boss ass motherfucker. I mean, yeah. the, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The best part about that movie is the fucking tiger. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's a terrible movie, but people that oh, that say it's better than The Godfather, or better than Goodfellas, or better than a number of other movies that are like actually they're, good. I'm like, they're oh. wanksters. They're, they're wanksters. Yeah. That's all. They, that's all they are is wanksters. And they probably didn't even watch it one time, and they just, oh, man, they'd say the same fucking, Yeah, because you know, everybody, everybody in the 90s, early 2000s, every kid that wanted to be tough was like, oh, I love Scarface. But, yeah. I, I mean, the video game wasn't bad. I'll, I'll give the video game some props, because that wasn't a bad video game, but. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, was, the video game was okay. It, it was like I a was just, game, basically. Yeah, it was. I honestly, I always felt like comparing Scarface and The Godfather was kind of faux pas because they're not even they're both not mob movies they're crime movies for sure but I mean Tony Montana is not a part of the mob he's dealing with the fucking cartel and I mean I guess I guess mob mafia whatever now Goodfellas and Godfather still not a comparison because Godfather's still better but that's still more of the same the same avenue yeah, I think yeah. Pacino just since it's Pacino, people just group that in with as a mob movie. But yeah, that's a good point. It's it's a crime movie, but not a mob movie. Eh, I don't know. But my number eleven was Nuclear Medicine Men because I never I never remember hearing that song either, but it was fucking amazing. Number ten was Hardcore Chemical because I fucking love the beat in that shit. Like the way they combine like metal and their rap together is just so good. Like I did I didn't remember they did that a lot because the songs I usually love off this are. Pure rap songs. But speaking of that, number nine is one I was surprised didn't make my top five, but it got pushed down a lot, and that was Bang Bang. But it's so over. I, to me, it's overplayed because I, I I listen to that song constantly because I fucking love Snoop Dogg's part in it. I love the whole song, the beat, 
Hmm. But number eight was I'm an American because that's another song I listen to all the time. And I look, I mean, Marilyn Manson did <laughs> so- Marilyn Manson did a similar song called This is America. And like they kind of have the same message. So it's eh, I mean, Marilyn Manson's a little funnier, but seven was once upon a time, because that's another one I hear all the time. Once upon a time, not long ago. Like I fucking hear that all the time, and I'm so sick of that song, but it's still an amazing song. It's a song of the streets. Number six is Choose Your Side. That's something I discovered again on this one because I forgot about Choose Your Side, kind of. It's a, another good street song. Number five, I knew would be in my top five right away because it's classic for Coconostra, and that's Coke because I love that fucking song. The only song about Coke I don't I like better is the Dayton family's um, Cocaine, which is basically a version of the Cheers song, but for everybody, you want to go where everybody has cocaine. I like the Dayton family a lot. I, I love Dayton family. They're so fucking rough and hard about everything. And the shit they do, they've done a lot of good things with ICP over the years, too. Number four was a song I discovered again. The next three are all songs I discovered again on this album I didn't really remember. Number four was Brewaria, because, I mean, witchcraft. It's about a witch, basically. And it's fucking amazing song. And the fucking, just the flow, the flow and everything is fucking just phenomenal. Number three was Cousin of Death, because I didn't, I remember that song, but it, was, it didn't hit me as hard last time. This time it really hit me hard. And I love when they do, like, the slower stuff. Like, when they do, like, the more, like, emotional things, it really hits, like, that they can do. They, they have such range. And number two was the same thing, like, the stain. Like, that song is so fucking deep. The lyrics are amazing. And the fucking beat is beyond phenomenal. But number one is the song that got me into the Coconostra. And it's the song from the town. It's the video for it literally is all scenes from the town. It's gun in your mouth. It's a fucking amazing song. And it's it's what got me into Slain too, because his fucking verses in that are incredible. And I love the way they start out. Like this goes out to the Charlestown bank robbers who still have actually no, they I think they did catch him now, but it took him like a decade and a half to catch him. So fucking They always get him awesome. eventually. Eventually, but oh uh, eventually, yeah. Because same thing happened in a town I grew up in where, like, these people robbed the banks and robbed, these people robbed a couple banks in the early 2000s and they weren't caught for years. Like, it's just incredible how these people these days get away with this shit and yeah. can just vanish. Yeah, I don't know and how not, anybody not, gets away with it now. Back with all cameras and tracking cell phones and all that, and it had to be way easier. Because now it seems impossible. It definitely does. Like, Trust me. <laughs> thoughts have crossed the mind, but nothing I'd ever act on. But, you know. So what were your top five, Gary? Um, this this one was tough, but I kind of ranked them. Uh, five was Fuck Tony Montana. <laughs> um, I think, uh, like, I just, like, DJ Lethal is very underrated producer, and that was like a like a sinister beat. I don't know. I just I really like that beat a lot. Um, I like he's, the drill. He's right up there with a lot of like my favorite DJs. I mean, fucking uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Rob the Viking. Oh yeah. From from fucking Soul Members, like his DJs. He's right there on that DJ list too. But I like the dark, you know, feel of that. Um, yeah. Uh, then Bang Bang. Um, I like the West Coast vibe. I don't always like Snoop's shit, but like when Snoop's Snoop, like yeah. 
you know, he, he manages to like, if he's on a song, like the song switches to his style, whether it seems like it should or not, it could be totally the other guys beat other guys, whatever. But as soon as Snoop comes on, it's like a Snoop song. Like this one was like a good version of like a West coast song. Um, uh, the next one, uh, once upon a time, um, I just love that song. I always like that song a lot. They have quite a few songs like that. Um, but definitely dope. Um, uh, that's Coke. It's just same thing. Like it's, it's like they're, it's like they're like, uh, Anthem. Yeah, exactly. And it's got that, uh, fuck's the guy's name bobby bird sample which yeah. jay-z used ninth wonder used to uh, evidence used and fat joe did and like i'm big yeah. into sampling music and guys that do it differently same song different parts but so yeah i mean i love the, i love that middle part where it's like all oh, together now like it's like the and the fucking beat to it is so phenomenal like it's oh yeah it's he's underrated producer i think it's like I think he's like more. He does most like in-house shit. He doesn't seem to be producing for like a ton of other people, or doesn't get credit because I can't think of other artists that he's really done stuff that much for, except in that that circle. Um, yeah. But uh, "Cousin of Death" is the number one. I, I love that song. Um, that's that's just like a song I will always listen to. It's completely different than the rest of them, but it's just like I don't know. It's like. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I don't know. It's like that the thought of like is it better to like fucking go hard, burn out fast, or like fade away? Like I don't know. It's like a you know, it's like I don't know. It's like a I think about that shit a lot, especially work with all these fighters and athletes that I work with, and like I've worked with like a lot of famous people that are, have been like on the top, and then just like they're fucking shine bright for a second and they fizzle out. And it's like. I don't know. It's like something I think about, like, like the cousin of death whole thing from the Nas song, and then people have used that quite a bit. It's like, you know, it's a that song's like one of my favorite songs. I was like surprised and like very happy when I saw this album pop up. I was like, well, I got one already done. (laughs) Like, even though it changed 19 times since I, you know, the the order, but but I like all the songs on that album. So it's like. Those I think are my top five, but the rest is honorable mentions. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're all fucking incredible. But Jancy, what were your top five, sir? Uh, number five was uh, Nuclear Medicine Man. Uh, number four was Soldier Stories. Uh, number three was Bruheria. Uh, number two was I Am an American, and number one was Bang Bang. Mm, I kind of figured Bang Bang would be in there. Gun in your mouth gets a good honorable mention. Fuck Tony Montana. Those are definitely solid. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Fuck Tony Montana. I forgot about that song completely. Then, like, after that's Coke playing the way home, I got just to the opening beat to that hit. And I was like, that's what I think about. Like, that is like, or like personifies them as a group, kind of. But, I listen to I mean, some of the songs I like so much that I like kind of you were talking about you like used to skip over them all the time, but this kind of forced me to listen to the whole album as a whole. Exactly. I, like, I mean, I, I haven't heard this whole album as a whole in probably six, seven years. And it's just 
as incredible as I remember it the first time. And like, it's what made me fall in love with them and in love with Slane and even House of Pain. Like, I went back and listened to all the House of Pain albums too, but it's just like, I only knew their hits. I never listened to their other stuff. Like, it just never came up. But yeah, they got some shit. Like, even like their pop songs that are their hit, like, most of that kind of shit, I just don't even want to hear. But Jump Around comes on, I probably won't turn it off ever in my life. Ah, yeah, right. Exactly. And I, Chances, I hate me for this shit, but I do love ICP's version of it. Uh, I haven't heard it, but it might be like some songs like you don't fuck with. That might be. Uh, I mean, they, they don't, they don't, they don't try to change it, but like just their their flow in it is fucking obscenely good. I'll check it out. Like they, they keep up with the speed of the song, but and I, I mean, it, there's a video for it too, actually. But well, folks, you heard an awesome rap battle of three amazing albums tonight. Unfortunately, your muses are going to be missing next week's regularly scheduled episode because, of course, it's Halloween and, you know, kids trick-or-treating and all that. So, yeah, not going to be here next week to do the show, but I'm trying to work on Fuck them kids. No, Chancey, we're actually not doing that this on Halloween. That's their day. But what? Chancey's that motherfucker on the front porch that throws eggs at kids. But ah, that's good. But. We are. I'm trying to work on special listeners that'll fill that void for you because you know, gotta fill the void. But Gary, thank you for coming on. It's been a fucking incredible time having you. We're definitely going to have you back because you can talk rap better than most people we ever had in the show, and it'd be amazing to have you back on and do even different music. So yeah, I had a fun time. I'll come on anytime. Definitely, I'm definitely going to get your. Actually, no, I, I, yeah, yeah, I have you on the gram, so I can talk to you there. And where can people find you and what you do, Gary, if they want to? Um, uh, Instagram, uh, it's Gary underscore DeFranco 147, or you go to maxglowmedia.com. Um, uh, Tragedy Academy, uh, is my podcast. Uh, it's a really good podcast. We, uh, have interesting people from all walks of life on there. Um, and Game Bread MMA, Game Bread Boxing, um, Game Bread bare knuckle MMA. Um, definitely should check that out. It's Jorge Masvidal's promotion. I've been doing all their media for them, their countdown shows. And you want to see some real fucking solid fighting. I would definitely check that out. Well, there you go, folks. And speaking of the void, Chancey, where can I find you? Uh, well, outside of the void, obviously. Uh, they can, you know, the great scavenger hunt still continues. They can try and find me on the Facebook under my name, uh, Instagram and TikTok. It's the red eye round table. And on X, it is a uh, red eye table. That's right, folks. Find them if you can. Just like where's Waldo, but except if you find them, you might get something at the end. And of course you can find, yeah, they can question what they're finding, but you can of course find both of us at, at, of our your favorite users, we are on Facebook as Uncensored, Untamed, Unapologetic UQ Podcast Collective Group. We are on XX Baby and the Gram as that Juggalo Bastard. You can find us on Tiki Taki coming soon clips as that Juggalo Bastard podcast, and you can find us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings, or you can find us streaming live on Blind Knowledge Network on YouTube because all knowledge was blind. Until Chance took the gun out of his mouth. We will catch you next week. Well, actually, no, we won't catch you next week, but we'll catch you sometime in between, hopefully. And we'll see you in two weeks for our regularly scheduled episode. Who the guest is? I'd have to look. I have no idea. But 
Just remember, nothing changes your mind in life like a gun in your mouth. Peace out.